Hallelujah. Well, you can be seated. Let's turn our Bibles today to Luke, the fourth chapter. Luke, the fourth chapter. Hallelujah. Hey, Seth, aren't you getting married? Next week? Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. Getting married. I remember he was just a little kid. But he found a great, he was in your children's church. He found a great lady. Pray for her. <laughs> no, hallelujah. Luke, the fourth chapter, and it says this, And when Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted, that means every day, of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing, and when they were ended, he afterward hungered. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones that it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And the devil, taking him into an high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms, somebody say plural, kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power, a kingdom is power, all this power will I give thee and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore wilt worship me all shall be thine and jesus answered and said unto him get thee behind me satan for it is written that thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him only shalt thou serve we talked about a period of transition we talked about that god promotes us and god does promote us and in these times of promotion we may not always comprehend everything that god's doing Jesus, filled with the Holy Ghost, was led, taken from the midst of the people and led into the wilderness. That means into the wilderness. Sometimes we visit the edges of the wilderness, but the real treasures of God is when, are when we intrude into the depth of forsaking all to hear God. So Jesus goes from being known as Joseph's son the carpenter, Mary's son, the, that dwelt in uh, Jerusalem. And then he goes from coming out of the wilderness and he declares out of Isaiah, the 61st chapter, he reads the script and says, this day is this book fulfilled in me. Jesus goes from being known as Joseph's son, the carpenter, to being known and proclaimed by his own lips, the son of of God Jesus moves in transition many of us are going to come into periods of transition why because God needs for us to be kingdom people not just believers he needs for us to be kingdom people he needs for us to be strong he needs for us to be contagious he needs for us to be duplicators he needs for us to be uh, disciple makers, and he needs for us to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil so that we can not only take ground for the kingdom, but to keep ground for the kingdom. Amen? Now, when it talks about a kingdom, a kingdom is a structure of rule or of power and dominion over a territory. Now, a territory is simply a region or an area, a sphere, where an assigned representative of a kingdom positions himself in order to influence, rule, and to control individuals in a certain area. In other words, a kingdom is set up. It might be a kingdom over a county. It might be a kingdom over a nation. It might be a kingdom over a block. But there is an agent representative either of the kingdom of God or of the kingdom of darkness. 
and that agent is a representative of the will of the king that sent him there. Whether it's the kingdom of God, God would send us, the kingdom of the devil, the devil would set up principalities and powers. Those agents are set there, representatives to carry out the will and the plan and the purpose of the one that sent them. So it begins to rule and to influence in certain areas. And what it does, it transforms people's minds and lives in order to be controlled by that agent. Now, agents are then, as they are set up, are protected by beings. These beings could be principalities, powers, they could be demons, they could even be men that are being used by the devil. And these agents, these supernatural beings that are set up on these thrones, are then protected by these beings. And that's what you and I run into when we start invading into the kingdom of darkness. When that being, when that protector, as it were, is engaged in our life, he then responds to our attempt to overthrow that agent that is set up in that kingdom. Now remember, I'm going to talk to you and probably start next week about the seven kingdoms that are in the world. This world functions off of seven kingdoms, seven foundations. There is the kingdom of darkness, there is the kingdom of light. One is the kingdom that we call the church that we're going to discuss. But the other are six kingdoms that are ruled by demonic powers. And those kingdoms have yet to be overthrown and those kingdoms are the kingdoms that are affecting our society and our world. And if we do not deal with them, then we are going to lose this generation that is coming. And if you think you have seen sin, you haven't seen sin yet, friend. You, you just have, we have seen nothing of the depravity of what man can do. But it is going to come if the church does not awaken. Could I get an amen? Now realize that each one of these kingdoms has power. Jesus, the, man, the devil told Jesus, this power will I give to you and the glory of them. The word glory simply means wealth, honor, influence, persuasive power, uh, inroads. When it talks about the glory of God, it talks about his wealth. It talks about the richness of his grace. It talks about his glory, his integrity, his purity. When it talks about the glory of a kingdom ruled by the devil, it talks about the wealth that has been taken by that kingdom. Taken by that kingdom. The honor, the integrity that has been eroded by that kingdom. And so it talks about the opposite. But he said, I'll give you all of that power and all of that glory. In other words, you can rule those areas if you'll worship me. Jesus said, I'm not going to do it. And so he doesn't get that. Now, let's go to Acts, the 13th chapter. We read this last week, but this will give us a little inroad into it. Acts, the 13th chapter, and we're going to look at verse 4. These seven kingdoms have been set up, and these seven kingdoms, one, only one, is dominated by Jesus Christ. That is the kingdom of the church. The others are a part of the work of the kingdom that are to be subdued, but because of the neglect of the church, these kingdoms still rule and reign under the power of demonic influence. Now, these kingdoms can be taken, but they're not going to be taken by passive Christianity. And that's what the church is involved in, passive Christianity. We love coming to church, but we can't wait to get out before 12. We can't give Jesus too much. And then there are those that love 20-minute services, 
What is a 20-minute service? Reading one scripture and saying, thank you for coming. But these churches abound. We would like to say that that's abnormal, but it's becoming normal. It's becoming normal. Why? Because people are lovers of themselves, and this is increasing. And this will continue to increase because of the dominion of demonic influence coming from the six kingdoms of the devil. And when these six kingdoms are influencing our lives, it is all about us and our time, what we can do, what we have to do, and what we're choosing to do. There is very little sacrifice in the body of Christ. You know, years ago, God gave me a, a message and said, Son, please tell my people they need to have a faith to die by, not just a faith to live by. I thought that was strange, so I started just talking to God about it. And he told me, he said, Son, people use their faith as they would as a dollar, as a credit card. They will use their faith to get their needs met. They will use their faith for me to be their physician. They'll use their faith for me to save their children. But none of them will use their faith to fulfill my purpose for their life. That's a sad state, folks, that we so much use God like a McDonald's card instead of allowing God to use us the way he wants us to be used. Amen? Amen? And, and faith is not, we are to live by it, but we also are to be so dedicated and consecrated and changed by it that we are well, willing to do anything that God wants us to do. Amen. But the reason that these kingdoms are enlarging and becoming more intense, and when I start telling you about these kingdoms, you'll recognize how they are influencing our lives. And then in the, uh, Acts, the 13th chapter, verse 4. And so they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost. Somebody say, this is God's commission. This is the Holy Ghost has sent Paul and Barnabas, and it says they departed into Cilicia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Cilicia, oh, I'm sorry, Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews, and they had also John, their minister. And when they had gone through the isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer. Somebody say a sorcerer. Wow. A false prophet, a Jew. A Jew. How is a false prophet a Jew alive in Israel when they were commanded to be stoned. Passivity. Remember when Jesus came into the temple and there was an unclean spirit in the temple? Passivity. Remember when Jesus came into the outer courts and there were money changers and sacrifices being sold. And he said, you've changed the whole identity of the house of God. It's supposed to be a house of prayer. You've made it a den of thieves. Passivity. Passivity. We just accept whatever comes as long as we get our time in on Sunday morning. And God forbid that we would even think about Wednesday night. Moving right along. It goes on and says that this deputy, and it says in verse 7, which when the deputy of the country, Sir Gaius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and saw and desired to hear the word of God, that Eliamus, the sorcerer, for so was his name by interpretation, withstood them and seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him and said, and said, O full of all subtility and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease 
to pervert the righteous ways of the Lord. And now behold, the hand of the Lord is upon thee, and thou shalt be blind, not seeing the sun for a season. And immediately there fell on him a mist and a darkness, and he went about seeking some to lead him by the hand. Can you imagine openly resisting the gospel? That'd be like somebody standing up today, which you can wait till next Sunday to do it, and saying, I tell you what, I just don't believe that, and I don't want that. I don't, I don't know why you got to preach that. Blessing and that prosperity, healing and, and casting out devils. I'm just tired of hearing it. Well, they would resist openly. That would be a resistance or a hindrance. What was behind this man? Somebody say a demonic power. Notice what Paul called him, you child of the devil. Paul did not mix words. He smote him and said, you'll be blind for a season. Now, here we see what happens to the church. We see passivityness. We see false prophets. We see erroneous doctrines. We see perversion of the truth of God that's being preached. And yet, it's allowed to go on. But when Paul Barnabas comes, they put an end to it. Everything has got to be confronted that is not God. Could again, amen. Now, what do we have here? We see that there was a kingdom, some type of kingdom that was contrary to God's kingdom. Paul and Barnabas come as representatives, agents of the kingdom of God, preaching that the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, and you can be saved. So we know that there are two kingdoms represented here. <clears throat> and then what we see is this. We see that every kingdom that is not of God or that is not of ruled of godly men are what? Kingdoms that seek to pervert the gospel. Could have given amen. Right. Now, how many of you remember years ago there wasn't any. Boy, man, can you? I, I used to remember the only thing I knew was that people serve God, you as a Christian. But now today, we have all types of plural, per, pluralism uh, gods. In other words, we have multiple gods. People say this, oh, we're all headed the same place. And preachers actually say, well, I guess you're right. There are many ways to find Christ. There are many ways to get to heaven. No, there's only one way. Jesus said that no man can come into the Father except by him. But we have allowed our nation to be polluted with godless gospels that pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not only that, we are to be forewarned and and to be made aware of what Jude said, that we are con to contend for the faith that was delivered to us. In other words, he said that men are going to creep in unaware. They're going to creep into your assemblies unaware, and they're going to overthrow the faith of some. And he says, I'm telling you now, watch. We are in an age that we need to watch what is being preached in our churches. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we see here that there is a kingdom that Paul and Barnabas come declaring, but there is also a kingdom of darkness. Every kingdom that is not connected to God is a kingdom that seeks to pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, could I get an amen? All righty. Now, these powers have to be dealt with. Now, the rulers of these kingdoms are listed in Ephesians, the sixth chapter. I know that we can all quote it. Let's go there. Ephesians, the sixth chapter. And let's look at verse 10. These are the rulers that are behind the kingdoms that I'm going to talk to you about. Be just like there was something behind that Deputy Phyllis, there is a principality and power behind every wicked 
work or strategy in this nation. And it has to be dealt with. Ephesians 6.10, it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles, the strategies, the attacks of the devil. For this is the truth of the whole matter. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the rulers that are involved in these six kingdoms that we're going to start talking about. These kingdoms then have people that are promoted in them in order to influence humanity. The devil uses people just like God uses people. Amen. And everybody that we see in one of these kingdoms that is reflecting evil, living contrary to the gospel, rejecting God, promoting immorality, uh, uncleanness, wickedness, uh, all that type of stuff, there is a spirit behind that individual. But the individual, being a human vessel, then looks very acceptable if we don't see what is behind it. But you and I are not those that are blinded by the God of this world. Somebody say, I can see. Listen, we need to look beyond the human being or the instrument that the devil is using, and we need to be able to deal with the spirit that is behind them. Remember the woman in Acts, the 16th chapter, that kept following Paul, giving him free advertisement? These men are the men of the God of the Most High. They tell us of the way of salvation. And about two days later, Paul turned and said, I'll tell you what, you devil, you need to come out of her. And immediately, that uh, fortune-telling spirit that we go to the, uh, what do you call it, fair, and we go in and say, oh, it's just fun. Well, that same spirit that possessed her is in that tent. Yeah. I went by one of them in Salina the other day. Lincoln was with me, and I told Lincoln, I said, hey, call her. See if you can get an appointment. He said, well, what if she asked me who I am? Say, well, tell her, you ought to know by now. I said, well, you don't even know who I am. I ain't coming in. I said, anyway, she ought to be waiting for your call. She knows you're calling. So he called, and nobody was home. Now, what type of fortune teller would just miss an opportunity to make 20 bucks? She must have had plenty of money. Or she was a fake. I'd say she was a fake. Hopefully she's watching today. Please send us a prayer request. We'll get you delivered. Hallelujah. Now, now, these spirits that are here, remember, we have to look beyond the personality. Somebody say beyond the personality. In order to see who is ruling and what it's carrying out. Now, let's go to Romans 8. 33. Now, the people that are used, that are set up in these kingdoms, are the people that oppose what God desires to do. They are those that never, ever surrender their lives to Christ. These are those that hide behind, quote-unquote, false love, acceptance, caring for others, but they are all controlled by demon powers demon powers amen all right romans eight thirty three says this who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elect it is god that justifieth who is he that condemneth it is christ that died yea rather that is living risen again and who is even at the right hand of god who also maketh intercession for us who shall separate us from the love of God or the love of Christ? Shall tribulation. Now, let's stop right here. Shall tribulation. Let's realize that tribulation 
is birthed by spiritual beings. It doesn't just happen. It is orchestrated. It is a strategy that the enemy is trying to use. Tribulation couldn't come from God because it tried to separate us from his love. Now, tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famines, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now, let's stop right there. Realize that that, David, is a battle that is trying to destroy us and separate us from the love of God. And there is a spiritual being behind it. It may be carried out by a man, may be carried out by an organization, may be carried out by an arm of the government, whatever it might be, but behind it is a spiritual being. And it says, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. In other words, it wants us to lose. But that being said, the kingdom of God is the most powerful of all kingdoms. Amen? Amen? All right, next verse. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height or death nor any other what? Oh, wow. Let's go back to the next last verse. Now let's say it like this. I am persuaded that no creature that is involved in death, life, or any creature of an angelic nature, or any creature of a principality, nor any creature that has power, nor any creature that brings things that are present or things will come, next verse, nor height or death, those creatures shall not be able to separate me from my covenant with God in Christ Jesus. Do you understand that these things that I just read are carried out by beings? Could I get an amen? So when people are on TV or you run into people and they're saying things about the body of Christ and they're saying this, well, you know, I think that Christianity is one of the great causes of the suffering of the world. There's a devil behind that. That's a perversion of the gospel. Amen. The only answer for human suffering is salvation in Christ Jesus. Amen. All right, now let's go to the next verse. Oh, that is a lesson. Oh, and I say of the truth in Christ, and I lie not, con my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. So we realize, David, that those things are going to come against us. But what we realize that these are the beings that are in the kingdom of darkness. The things that we read in Ephesians 6, and this is how they carry them out, David, and they attack our lives. And so when we see this stuff, Let's look beyond the personality and see the person. Could have get an amen. amen. Now, let's go to uh, Exodus 3, 7 through 10. Now, this picks up where Israel is going to be redeemed out of Egypt. Out of Egypt. Somebody say Egypt. Egypt. Hallelujah. Anybody know what that word means? What? No, no, no. Here's what the word Egypt means. This is crazy. The word Egypt means, let me find it here. Do, 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 do. It is spelled C. Let me find it. I, this is a great, great thing here. Uh, come here, where are you? Oh, it means this. The word is spelled, I'm going to misquote it so you know that. So, but here's how it's spelled. C-O-P-T-S or Coptic church. Egypt was considered a church, the whole nation. It was an assembly of demonically born people ruled by a Pharaoh who thought he was God. Now, Israel is born out of that demonic world. It means this. It means a fortress. 
Egypt was a fortress or an entrenched place where the people of a demonic kingdom had assembled together to resist and to hold back the kingdom of God. That's what Egypt means. So we were born out of the kingdom of darkness. Could I get an amen? We were born out of the kingdom of darkness, just like Israel came out of the kingdom of Egypt. Now, in that, there were still enemies or kingdoms that had to be defeated. We have been redeemed out of the kingdom of darkness, but we still have to deal with kingdoms of darkness that are set up in this world. Now, Exodus 3, 7 says this, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people, which are in Egypt, and I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmaster, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out in, of the land into a good land and a large unto a place, a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place, watch this, watch how many there are. Of the Canaanites, one. Hittites, two. The Amorites, three. The Perizzites, four. The Hivites, five. And the Jebusites, six. I told you I'm going to talk about seven kingdoms, one being the kingdom of God, where God rules in, through Christ, and the six other kingdoms, the number of man, that dominate the rest of this world that are at war with the kingdom of God. Six of them. God brings them out and he tells them, I'm taking you into this land, I'm crossing you over, but it's not just a land of blessing, it is a land of war. Come on, could I get an amen? It's a land of war. Now, Israel are the people of the kingdom of God. If you'll go to Exodus 19.6. Exodus 19.6. Remember, there are seven kingdoms. One kingdom is the kingdom of God. Six other kingdoms are the kingdom of darkness. And it says, And ye shall be unto me a kingdom of priests and an holy nation. These are the words that thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. So when God redeems Israel, what does he do? He makes a kingdom out of them. Could I get an amen? That's what it said right there. We are a kingdom. Israel was a kingdom of priests. They come out from under the assembly of a place of a stronghold that is deeply embedded in sin and rejection of God. God redeems them out of the kingdom of darkness, yet he takes them into a land where they are still in confrontation to six major kingdoms that have to be dealt with in order for God to rule Israel in his completeness. All right. Okay. And we are in a war. Somebody say, we're in a war. It is a war of the kingdoms. It is a war where the righteous is fighting the unrighteous, good and evil, whatever you want to say. But thank God, every believer, somebody say every believer, is a thousand times stronger than the most powerful spiritual ruler in wicked places. The Bible says one of you can put a thousand to flight. Two of you can put 10,000 to flight. In other words, every believer is a thousand times stronger than their adversary. So we don't have anything to fear. But we cannot be passive. Could I get an amen? Now, let's go to Matthew, the 16th chapter and verse 16. Matthew 16, 16. Now, the only kingdom that can overthrow these others is the kingdom of God. It cannot be done by law. It cannot be done by Congress. It can't be done by the Senate. Because no matter what you make legal or illegal, it's still going to go on behind the scenes. Now, anybody remember what they call the renewal in 1978? Do you know there was a great renewal in America in 1978? Did you know that? Really was the birthplace of the charismatic movement. 1978, in the early 70s, 
Does anybody remember what was taking place in America? What was the drug of choice beginning? Marijuana. What was the drug of choice? Heroin. But it got so tainted they had to quit serving it because people were jumping off buildings by the dozens. You remember those days, John? People just killing themselves. There was marijuana, there was heroin, and then there were riots in the streets. You remember that? People being killed on colleges, college campuses. The college campuses were not being ruled by security guards. They were being ruled and controlled by the National Guard. There was ruling, there were riots in the streets against government. Against government. And then they were also in the streets against a war that could not be won. Vietnam War. Which was incorporated on the day when, at election and the guy's name was, I forget the president, uh, No, he only went one term. And uh, who? No, I forget his name. Well, that guy wasn't important anyway. And, uh, but a war that could not be won. And then out of that came a new sexual revolution. Now, does anybody know what's taking place today? Marijuana has risen to the forefront to be legal. Heroin, because of its cheapness, has come back onto the drug scene and is now the drug of choice. We now have rioting in the streets. They don't even know what they're rioting for. They, they don't even know why they're rioting. You ask people, what are you here for? Well, I don't know. Well, I think we get free hot dogs. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm here for something. And we are in the midst of a war that probably will not be won. And, believe it or not, we are moving into a new realm of sexual revolution and perversion. Now, why is this happening? 40 years in a generation. This is a generation of 40 years that took place in the early 60s is coming to pass right now. But, has anybody ever heard of Chuck Smith? You, 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 you know Chuck Smith? You know, Chuck Smith is a, a preacher, a Greg, what, what is that? Lorne came out from under him, I believe. Chuck Smith got touched by what we call the Jesus movement right in the midst of this chaotic time. And there were hundreds of thousands of hippies swept into the kingdom of God. And Chuck Smith, even though he doesn't have hair now, used to have long hair. Yeah. And so what I'm telling you, in the time that we live in right now, positioning ourselves against these kingdoms, these kingdoms are going to make a radical move against the kingdom of God. Listen to me, and listen to me well. Because once it's done, you're not going to be able to say, oh, I wish, oh, I wish. Your wish days will be over. And we will be overtaken by a perversion of sexual freedom that we have never yet seen. We are going to see lawlessness like we've never seen it. Good will be bad, bad will be good. Evil will be just, and just will be evil. It is going to come if these kingdoms are not dealt with. And unless the kingdom of God rises up, I'm telling you right now, we are going to be more lost than the generation that we've given birth to right now. We are going to be more lost. So we have to see that there is a parallel going on. That there is a generation that has ended and a generation that has risen up. Do you realize that religious freedoms have just been signed and reinforced by President Donald Trump? Did you know that the church wasn't even supposed to talk about elections? Now, some of you say, well, that's why you didn't talk about elections. No, no, I didn't talk about elections because I don't want you making me a Republican or Democrat. 
because I don't much care what you do in your voting poll. Oh, you should care. Oh, really? Well, what if I'm a Democrat? Oh, well, well you just, just get. Well, there you go. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. You want me to be you, your puppet, but you don't want to be nobody else's puppet. Listen, I'm not going down your trail. I'm not going to do it. I'm to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, I can tell you to vote your conscience, but I'm not going to make you a Republican or Democrat because I really don't care. Well, who do you think is right? Jesus. That's who I think is right. Jesus. Now, these parallels are coming to us, and they're coming to us as a generation. What are we going to do with it? Well, well we're going to stop legalizing marijuana. Well, just now, let me tell you this. Don't waste your effort. You're not stopping it. Because the kingdoms that we're talking about are built on three pillars. The pillar of the lust of the flesh, the lust of the mind, and the pride of life. You are not going to stop those, that kingdom being promoted. Number two, the kingdom of God is built on three pillars. In 1 Corinthians 13, and I think it's verse 13 and 14, love, hope, and faith. And that kingdom must be reinforced because if it doesn't, it is going to collapse. Oh, God will still be God. He didn't say anything about God being God. I'm telling you that your faith is going to collapse if we do not build ourselves up in those three pillars. That means the church better get its love language and love life right. Did you hear me? That means you better start loving who you think you can't love. That means all offenses, all obstacles, all divisions, all strife, all remarks, all shenanigans are out the door. Out the door. If you break the pillar of love, the pillar of faith and hope will come down. I'm telling you, these kingdoms are coming against the kingdom of God. If we do not start preaching hope, not hope for those that are saved, hope for those that are not saved. There is hope for the homosexual. There is hope for the lesbian. There is hope for the fornicator. There is hope for the thief, the liar, the murderer. There is hope for them all and not just the ones that we want. I don't care if they got one ear, two ears. I don't care if they got body piercing. I don't care if they are one big tattoo. I don't care if they own 15 tattoo parlors. I don't care. There is hope in Jesus for the world. The third thing, the church must return to faith. I don't believe that, name it and claim it. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm naming heaven my home, and I'm claiming I'm going there. We have got to start living by faith. That means in an absolute, total surrender of God as our source. These are the three things that will shore our foundations against the assault of these kingdoms. And we're going to deal with how we can tear those things down. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. This war that we are in against these kingdoms is a war of culture. Is a war of culture. A culture is simply this. A practice or a form of action and beliefs of a society or a group of people. It is a way of living built by a group of people left to themselves. Isn't that amazing? That's what we see the world building, a culture. But see, we are engrafted into a culture. That is the God culture. Now, it said that this culture is transmitted from generation to generation by education and influence 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 remember what a kingdom is a place of influence a place of influence 
a place of influence. I was watching this movie, not a movie, a, a makeover. You know these houses where they make over? Man, I thought, boy, this is great, man, until I seen a little baby appear and two men kiss a little baby. They were husband and wife. They're both men. I thought, I can't let that get in my head that this is a good show. But see, we are being influenced in a culture of Hollywood. You remember when Hollywood all came together and tried to get people, the electorates, to reverse their votes and to go contrary to the people they represented so they could get who they wanted in there? Now, it didn't work. Give it another four years, and it will work. It will work. Did you see uh, that guy, uh, uh, the tool, Tim the Tool Man? Uh, anybody remember him? His name was Tim. and he was Did you see that they just threw him off TV because he was represented a Christian, because that's what he is in real life? And his show had one of the highest ratings on the network, and they threw him off anyway. What do you think that is? Influence. 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 Hallelujah. All right. This is a war of culture. Somebody say culture. All right. We don't have time. Yeah, I'm going to do it. Go to Exodus 34, 11 through 17, and this is all I'm going to read. David, you don't give me that eye like I'm lying to you. <laughs> Exodus 34, 11, it says this. Observe that which I command thee this day. Behold, I drive out before thee the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Prejudicites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Take heed to yourself, lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land whither thou goest, lest it be for a snare in the midst of thee. But ye shall destroy their altars, break down their images, and cast down their groves. For thou shalt worship no other god, for the Lord who is, whose name is Jealous is a jealous god. Lest thou make a covenant with the inhabitants of the land and they go whoring after their gods and do sacrifice unto their gods. Remember the plurality. And one call thee, and thou eat of his sacrifice. And thou take of their daughters unto thy sons and their daughters and go a whoring after their gods and make thy sons go a whoring after their gods. And thou shalt make thee no molten gods. You see the cultural war? Don't go there. If you do, you make a covenant with them. Anybody know how a covenant is made? Influence. Somebody say influence. Influence. Didn't you make a marriage covenant with Sharon? Why? Influence. Influence. She dazzled you with her beauty. Little did she know it would wear off. No, I'm kidding. No. no, we make covenants because of influence. We buy cars because of the influence of a seller. We buy a home because of the influence. We are covenant makers because of influence. And as soon as you are influenced by one of these six kingdoms and you enter into a covenant, your lifestyle changes. Now, you may already be influenced in them and have already entered into certain sections of worship that God has forbidden. We'll talk about that later, too, how you get free of that stuff. So we're going to talk about that kind of stuff in the coming days. All right, stand to your feet. I'm sorry I kept you so long. There's just so much. But I'm telling you, we are a generation. Somebody say, we are a generation. And God is calling us to get out of the sands of repetitive Christianity that never takes us any place. And he wants us to cross over and deal with these kingdoms. Now, you and I are equipped of God. One of us is a 
thousand times stronger than the greatest representative that the devil could send against us. We have nothing to fear. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. We are going to conquer and we are going to subdue and we are going to see God exalted in this nation. That his glory shall cover the face of the earth. We are the generation that God has equipped and that God trusts for this feat. I'm telling you, we are at a pivotal time in the history of this nation and in the history of the kingdom of God. Parallels have been reflected to us. What will we do with that which is upon us now? We are going to fight. We are going to conquer and we are going to possess. That's what we're going to do. We are going to win. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, millions will be swept in to the kingdom of God. Millions will come. The wealthy, the poor, the homeless, the discarded, the broken, the disappointed, the discouraged, the disillusioned, the lied to, the blind, the broken, they will come. For the kingdom of God is the only place that they can be healed and obtain abundant life as well as eternal life. Father, in the name of Jesus, awaken us. I know, God, lots have been said and I, our minds may be swimming, but God, here a little and there a little. And God, we will see clearly the places that the enemy has set up his kingdom and we will not be silent we will not roll over we will not give up we will not surrender our generation we will not leave this earth without leaving our lives as testimonies that we have stood and we have laid our lives out and laid hold of the foundations of love and of faith and of hope, God, and that we will pass on a kingdom that is intact to people that follow us. God, this will be our heritage to the generation that walks behind us, that picks up the crosses that we lay down, that pick up the causes, God, that we have not finished. God, it will be the heritage that we can. It will be the heritage that we must it will be the heritage that we will it will be the heritage that we have done that God they will see victory in Christ Jesus now God bless every family every individual every couple every business hallelujah can we sing that new song as we dismiss today guys can we do that all right there you go God bless you see you Wednesday night